Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show coming up this week that has had a chance to get a sneak peek at Pandora World of Avatar this past Saturday. Craig and Corey are going to tell you all about it a little later on. In the news this week, Universal Orlando had a great first quarter. Dry weather in Central Florida is affecting the resort area with threats of wildfires. And driverless cars may be transporting guests around theme parks and parking lots in the not-too-distant future. We'll tell you all about that. Also, we're going to take a moment today to remember our good friend Bob Varley, the man for whom this studio is named, as last week was the ninth anniversary of his passing. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged episode 938, fourth week of May 2nd, 2017. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. You went to me too fast. <laughs> this is his first time on the switch, apparently. Oh, my God. Uh, Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Craig Williams. Hello. Corey Martin. I'm just happy to be here. And back in the production nook, our associate producer, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Along with uh, Steve Porter. Hello. And a good friend of mine and a fan of the show, visiting from Salt Lake City back in the way back there, Josh Guerrero. Hey, Josh. Hi. So welcome to the show, everybody. First and foremost, I want to apologize that we did not have a show up last week. Uh, John and Kevin were doing uh, training for the new a uh, bunch of new agents that have been brought on to dreams um craig uh had a family emergency so we just thought it was kind of better to skip the week so i apologize i know you guys look forward to it but sometimes sometimes things happen and while i think we are okay there are thunderstorms in the area and obviously as any if you've been watching for any length of time you know if uh we start getting ground strikes in the area we need to shut this studio down just the reality of doing this crap out of your house so um However, but, we really need the rain. Mm-hmm. We need the rain desperately. I mean, that's one of the stories we have uh, coming up. But first and foremost, in housekeeping, I uh, want to remind everybody about the Diz 20th anniversary event coming up the week of May 29th through June 2nd. And uh, it's really coming together. Um, we have already confirmed over 1,000 people attending, making this the largest event we have ever done and uh you've still time to register just an idea of some of the things that we're going to be doing during that week we have some more details that we did not have before um on may 30th we're going to be doing um a a special uh, charity event uh, to raise money for give kids the world we have rented out a theater at uh, uh, the amc disney springs for a private showing of the new pirates of the caribbean movie um we are also going to be doing an auction for a chance to have lunch with myself and a few other members of the team on board the Grand One Yacht for a nice two-hour cruise and lunch around Bay Lake and Seven Seas Lagoon. So we're going to be doing that on uh, June 2nd. Of course, June 1st is our big party. That's the 20th anniversary of the Diz. 
We have rented out Journey into Imagination, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, Test Track, and Soren at Epcot, as well as a uh, private showing of Illuminations that night to celebrate. And, of course, the thing I am most excited about, a concert from Disney legend and the voice of the Little Mermaid, Ms. Jody Benson. So it's going to be an amazing night. Uh, it's going to be an amazing week. Uh, the guys have been coming up with uh, things that they want to do during the week. For example, Craig and Rhino are going to host an event over at City Walk at Universal. Uh, Craig's going to host an event for the uh, Star Wars nighttime show at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Corey, what are you doing? We're thinking of doing like a, a meet at Yeehaw Bob. I'm trying to make something more family friendly where we can bring the kids this time. I'm, I'm so pleased he's not going to do a drink around everything. No, um, no not this time. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I know, John and Kevin, you were talking about um, doing something uh, that Saturday, the 3rd. Yep, 1030. And, uh, it's a small world. Doing a meet and in the Magic Kingdom. And we will have something. During and it will days. be the only place you can get it. Yep. And I mentioned this before. I will be wearing a red shirt. So it is a photo opportunity. Photo op. <laughs> want to see that albatross. Or how to find him. That's right. You know, yeah, right on gay days, it's going to be a standout. Really? So uh, we have other things planned. Of course, we're doing a silent auction all to raise money for Give Kids the World. And we have some really cool things going in the silent auction. Some stuff coming out of the studio that we're going to be auctioning off. Some uh, more of my personal art collection because I need to get rid of more of it. Um, we have a lot of things being done. Uh, that week. It's going to be a great week. We're going to have an amazing time with over a thousand Dizzers uh, joining us to celebrate 20 years of doing this, which I've now taken to telling people the only other thing I've done consistently for 20 years is breathe. Um, outside of that, I haven't, I don't think I've done anything else consistently for 20 years. So, um, really excited about it. That's coming up the week of May 30, uh, May 29th through June 2nd. And uh, you can head out to uh, DizUnplugged.com, the boards, the Diz, for links on where to get more information about the event and where to sign up. We will be releasing signups in the next week for these other events, um, starting the auction for the Lunch on the Grand One, things like that. So all of that, all of that coming up this week. So I have some additional information for the event. Okay. Can I get that out there? First of sure. all, I want folks to know that our room block is officially closed. Uh, unfortunately, our contract with Disney said we had to stop selling on a certain date, so there are no more rooms in our group, but you can certainly get a quote from Dreams Unlimited Travel, or you can stay wherever you want to stay and come to the event. We originally were going to close registration for the event on May 1st, but we've decided to keep it open a little bit longer. Um, there's a number I would like to reach, so hopefully we'll reach that number within the next two weeks, and then we'll close out registration. So if you haven't signed up, please do so quickly. Because as soon as we are full, we will not take any more of those. Um, we have the official word that our party that evening on the 1st has been extended to 1 a.m. This is something that we were hoping and hoping, hoping. So if Disney finally came through 1 a.m. The party goes from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. So very excited about that. For those of you staying in the Epcot Resort area, we have received word that International Gateway will be open after the party. So you will be able to exit International Yay. Gateway and walk to, excuse me, one of those hotels Good, over there. Mom and I are staying at uh, the boardwalk, so. Makes it a lot easier. I want to remind folks, though, that the boats will not be running, so you will have to walk over there. And then I also finally want folks to know that we are in the process of arranging bus transfers after the event 
back to a Disney hotel. For those of you who might want to take advantage of that, hopefully today or tomorrow, you'll be receiving an email from me on how to sign up for those. It'll be $10 for a one-way transfer. We will be loading the buses right after the party. We can't go early. It's going to be one shot, and everyone will go over at that time. And then depending on how many folks are signed up for the buses and where you're going, it may make more than one stop on the way back. But And, and there won't be a bus driver. It's going to be just self-driving, it's going to be right? self-driving. Yeah. Good. Or it's going to be Kathleen and you won't be able to see her over the steering wheel. (laughs) (laughs) That's a possibility, too. So, yeah, very excited. we got some stuff that's going on. we got some more stuff we're working on. So always new, always interesting. Head to the Disboards. Head to that thread. That's where the most updated information will take place. And I will post stuff as soon as it's out there. So please do. Awesome. Thank you, John. Um, Also want to remind everybody about our shows uh, coming up this week. Uh, Every Monday... DizUnplugged.com, the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged with host Tom Bell and his team. And in the episode that just went up yesterday, Tony Spatel checks out fast food options at the Grand Legacy Hotel across the street from the Disneyland Park. Also, every Monday, YouTube.com slash Dreams Unlimited Travel is the Dreams Unlimited Travel podcast. And what show did we have this week? Very exciting. This is a little bit different. We have Pete and Teresa joining us for our outlets show, the shopping outlets oh, near fun. Disney. It was a fun show to uh, record. Yeah, That's fun. coming up next Monday. I do want to say a little bit, this past show that went up this past Monday, we had to take down. There was a mistake in the show, so we are in the process of editing that out and then getting that back up. So I apologize if you're looking for that show. It'll go back up hopefully and, soon. And just for clarification, when he says the outlet show, we're not talking about like the outlets in your house. We're <laughs> talking about... The uh, shopping outlets, the discount outlets that are around Orlando. Self flushing. What's that? Self flushing, right? Huh? I don't know what. Go ahead. No, go ahead. That was that was was, was great. (laughs) The premium, prime one, Buena Vista factory outlets, those type of things. Right. We're finding discount shopping things. We had a good time doing that show. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. A little bit different. So that's uh, that's coming up next Monday. Uh, Every Wednesday. What are we doing Wednesday, Craig? Do we have anything? In the can? I don't know if we do. Oh, there's a Minnesota because, uh, yeah, we, we haven't... Because I because I dropped the ball. I, I, I will own it. I dropped the ball. I don't have a Best and Worst to go up this Wednesday. So these guys stepped up like the great team that they are and uh, covered for me. So what are we doing? Uh... Well, uh, is the uh, episode well? We did two. So what? What did we do? There's. Uh, I'm not sure which one's which, but there's. <laughs> there's two that are, could possibly go okay, up. Okay, Wednesday. Wednesday, something is going to go up. Okay, we don't know what it is yet. It will be. It will be attractions from Walt Disney World that are no longer here that we would like to bring back. Okay. Yes. And then the the other one we did that will be released on Patreon on Wednesday is. Attractions we never got to experience that we wish we could have, whether it was something we just were too afraid when we were kids or whatever. That's what never had the opportunity. Yeah. So it was all attraction themed. Awesome. So that's coming up Wednesday. Um, Every Thursday, disunplug.com, the universal edition of the Disunplug with Craig and Rhino. And. What's coming up Thursday, Craig? Uh, This week, we are going to Antijitos in celebration of Cinco de Mayo this friday so we're gonna do a mexican restaurant review and while we're talking about that um i don't know if you guys got a chance to check out the uh disney versus universal video that craig rhino and steve put up uh, a few days ago 
uh, they are comparing peanut butter burgers mm-hmm. from Disney and Universal. And this show, I got to tell you, they they struck gold with this. This was incredible. Uh, it was so much fun to watch, and they did a great job with it. If you haven't had a chance, head out to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash disunplugged, and check out the Disney versus Universal show that they did. Um, it's a lot of fun. You guys did a great job with that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So just wanted to make sure I threw a plug in for that. Mm-hmm. And of course, every Friday, disunplugged.com, Dispop with Rhino Clavin and occasionally other people. <laughs> and uh, what is the giant head of Rhino doing this week? Well, uh, we rented out, uh, you rented out a theater for Guardians of the Galaxy, so we can't not do a Guardians of the Galaxy movie review since we're going to see it the premiere night on Thursday. So um, probably make that live as soon as we're done. So it might even be out by the end of the night on Thursday. Yeah, I'm loving doing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll, there's a, a theater nearby. The Cinemark at the, uh, at the, the, the once Artagon. Yeah. The comfortable seats, right? The really room, comfortable. Yeah. Really, the really comfortable. Reserved, too. And it is so inexpensive to rent the theater. And so I just invite a bunch of my friends and we... Go watch a movie. The Did movies it for I go see, you probably wouldn't have to rent a theater. We're usually the only ones in there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's found a way to be even more one percenter. Shut up. <laughs> no, when oh, I tell I you, when I, I tell you, the movie. anybody, anybody could afford to do this. Honestly, to rent the theater is like seven hundred dollars. And that was for, for for a premiere movie. Yeah, for a premiere movie, we're talking about it's seven hundred dollars. I mean, that's just not ridiculous. You know, sixty-two. I think it seats. Yeah. So it wasn't even the smallest theater they had there, and that was for a premiere. So it's even less for like an older movie. So it's a little bit more expensive doing it at Disney Springs, yeah. but that's they charge. I think because of its location, they charge a venue fee mm-hmm. that I don't get at the Artagon. Um, but it's not that much different. Yeah, it's not that much different. So we're, you know, I'm excited we're doing that for uh, for, for pirates. pirates. Yeah, that'd be cool. Arr. Okay, um, that's everything. Anything else in housekeeping? All right, before we move on to news, I just uh, mentioned at the top of the show last week was the ninth anniversary of the passing of our good friend, Bob Varley. Um, Now, I know that there are not a lot of you that uh, were watching, listening to the show when Bob was on. And, uh, you know, one of the things we try and do, we named the studio after him. Uh, we didn't want his name to go away. We reference him all the time when we're talking about things. But uh, especially on occasions like this, uh, you know, I, I guess what I want to do is if you're a recent listener, if you haven't listened to any of those shows, um, we're going to put a link up in the show notes page to uh, a memorial area that we created for Bob uh, right after he passed where you can watch some of the videos that he did, kind of get to know more about him. Um, Even though he has been gone for nine years, his presence still looms large uh, for us, for those of us who loved him, for those of us who were fortunate enough to be considered his friends. And we really do try and keep that that memory alive. And sometimes that's just a scenario where we're you know, doing something, we're doing a podcast cruise or we're doing, you know, an event like the 20th anniversary, anything like that. We, you know, we'll sit and talk. Oh, could you imagine if, if Bob were here? Um, I think about that 
I think about that all the time. Like, and you know, I think uh, like if you're a new listener, if you switch to you guys over there, um, you see that picture in the back. That's Bob, and that was done by our good friend uh, Kevin John, Disney artist. So maybe some people just didn't know that was Bob back there. Yep, that's Bob, and I like that picture back there because it is constantly in my line of sight when. Um, Things happen. One of the things that happens for us a lot is it goes beyond the shows and it goes beyond, you know, Bob would love if we've done this. A lot of us was is for, you remember when we went there with Bob? Remember when Bob introduced us to this restaurant? Remember when Bob got there four hours early to check out the buffet to let us know what was, for, what was being served at this restaurant? Yeah, you laugh, but that's true. Uh, yeah, it's true. That's so what happened. Is, you know, our memory of Bob is also that, is also our personal friendship with him, so... So I want to just encourage everyone, if you've recently become a fan of the show, um, I don't want the name Bob Varley to just be the name of the studio. I'd like you to get to know a little more about him. Even just go back and listen to a couple of shows from the old days. Um, or check out the link that Craig will put in the, in the show notes um, so that you have a sense of who he is as well. Are any of the old recordings still available? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. the raw recordings. Unfortunately, yes. It'd be great if we could put together a reel that no one's heard before. Oh, the, oh, the unedited yeah, stuff. Unedited no, stuff. no. Well, we can steer away from Kevin, you know, with his badness, but we can probably find something about Bob. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not the one who swears. <laughs> not swearing. We, we do an unedited show, and Pete's looking at telling us, unedited guys, unedited. We look at him going, really, Pete? You're telling <laughs> <Sorry>. us? <laughs> Going live. That might be fun if we had some I of that. stole that from a, a broadcasting <laughs> TV show. It's okay. Everyone forgives you. God, let it go. <laughs> it was said on television. I guess better than we did. Apparently. <laughs> or maybe they got letters, too. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, I just I want to take a few moments uh, before we move on and, and just, you know, encourage you to remember him. Um, if if you were around, if you had the great opportunity, the great luck to meet him before he passed, um, and if you didn't, uh, to get to know him. Um, that's the one one great blessing is that we have this archive, this library of memories that we have with him. And every so often, I'll go back. I'll just I'll miss him, and I want to I want to hear his voice, and I'll go back and I'll listen to a show. There's one more thing I want to say too. Um, one of the things I think was the beginning of a lot of our personal friendships with people was um, when we were going to do the show just be, just when Bob passed away. And that turned into a memorial for Bob. Mm-hmm. And we all sort of got together with a bunch right. of our listeners. We had a sort of went back and talked about it with folks. That was the first time we met a lot of the people we're friends with today. So he had a hand in that. A hand in everything. Yeah, I mean, honestly, in terms of the, especially in terms of the show. Yeah, we can do a um, whole show about it. You know, it's easy to do it. Well, I'm just yeah. saying, just in terms of the show, this, we wouldn't, I don't, I don't know that we'd be doing any of this if it wasn't for Bob. Bob pushed for this. Um, and this is what we're doing right now, the video. Um, this is what Bob wanted. This was, was, Bob, was Bob's vision from the beginning. We just didn't have the ability. We didn't have the, the expertise at the time to do it. Um, but, you know, yeah, this, this is his dream. This, he would have, oh, my God. Never, ever would have gotten him out of the nook. 
everything he said would start with all we need is and it was usually like a panel truck and yellow cake uranium and some duct tape and you <laughs> yeah. think I don't have any boxes. of those things banana boxes yeah, banana boxes for sure yeah this is you know this is exactly what Bob would have wanted however with all much fewer props Bob would have brought much more props with him yes puppets <laughs> There was, always, containers. there was always shtick. There was Bob. always shtick. Always. So, all right. I just wanted to I want to take a moment, remember him, and encourage you guys to go check out some of the links we'll put on the show notes page, disunplugged.com. And unless there's anything else, we're going to move it over to you, John, with the news. All right. Our first news story. Increase in theme park revenue for universal parks and resorts. Last Thursday, the Comcast Corporation reported that their attendance increased year over year in the first quarter in the theme parks and resorts division of the company. This is done without the boost of the Easter holiday crowds, which happened to fall in the second quarter rather than the first quarter this year. In total, Comcast's theme park division had a 9% increase during the first quarter and brought in $1.1 billion in revenue. Some of this can be can be credited to the increase in spending by guests, which is up per person from last quarter. An article from the Orlando Sentinel quotes Chief Executive Officer Brian Roberts saying, quote, we are off to a fantastic start, our fastest in five years. At theme parks, our multi-year momentum continues. A great example is the success of Harry Potter in Hollywood, where we saw a 60% increase in, ten- in attendance for the quarter. Um, the high expense of Universal's construction of Volcano Bay and the cost of opening Race Through New York starring Jimmy Fallon offset some of the increased revenue. Um, excellent for Universal. Good for them. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Much n- deserved. 9%, 9% increase um, when, you know, we're, we're well into our Harry Potter phase now. So... Um, this is this is real growth. This is real growth, and it should be making Disney nervous. Them posting numbers like this. But Craig, you said something very interesting to me the other day. Yes, saying that if they don't start, if if they don't start getting doing something different, um, you know, you you're, you were citing specifically the race to New York with Jimmy Fallon, which has received pretty universally bad reviews. Um, that if they don't start doing more things, I think like Kong, um, or even better, because um, I thought Kong was magnificent. They're going to have to do better. Um, you know, we'll obviously get more into it as we talk more about Pandora, but uh, Universal's big selling point for a while there is they knew how to do immersion like no other theme park in the world. Um, and, you know, I... I stood by that for the longest time because even though stuff like Cars Land was immersive to a point, uh, it's hard to feel too immersed in a land that's supposed to be run by a bunch of automobiles that know how to talk and such. Um, Pandora has now proven that Disney has save taken it. notes. Save it for the review. And I'll, yeah. I'll save it, but... Um, they they have proven that they have taken the notes and they have now built an incredibly immersive area and Universal can't get by just doing stuff anymore like Kong and uh, Fallon and then up next uh, Fast and Furious Supercharged while this stuff is you know this stuff does have a draw to it people love Jimmy Fallon obviously Fast and Furious uh, The Fate of the Furious ended up 
opening is the highest movie uh yeah, highest-grossing week, weekend yeah. in history, and so it clearly has an audience, and that attraction will bring in more guests to Universal. But the problem is, while all of that little things, all those little things are happening, they're not going to have legs in the long run, like Potter has, and now like Disney is trying to invest in with their heavily immersive lands that they're doing too. Um, they these are just kind of like. They almost come off looking like carnival rides next to what I think what Universal does is Universal is smart in that they realize that everything can't be Harry Potter and everything can't be Volcano Bay. So it's okay to have a ride introduced, a new ride here and a new ride there. This is what people want. They want new stuff. They want reason to go back without having to wait for the whole new land excuse me, land to be developed. Um, during our training we had a chance to learn a little bit more about Volcano Bay. Volcano Bay actually sounds incredible, believe it or not, and I'm not a water parks guy. From what we learned from it, it sounded just unbelievable. But I also heard something else, and I'm going to get these numbers wrong, so forgive me if these aren't 100%. Comcast has committed to 10,000 rooms on Universal property by 2020. 2020 something mm. and there's something like going to be 6500 again i don't know exactly the number once they're done with aventura yeah so and then they're expecting the last 4000 to come in with the wet and wild property uh, or there's talk about moving some things backstage to the wet and wild property to be administrative and then that being something else so it's all connected to the resort but that's I mean, so you're talking about Universal's in it for the long run. They are. They, they are, are doing absolutely it. in it. But I, I think to Craig's point that we'll talk about a little later, um, you know, the early word from those who were there for the sneak peek at Pandora on Saturday is this: this is going to get interesting. And again, I'll, I'll go back to what I've said a thousand times before that this battle. This battle uh, of the the battle up and down I four uh, between Universal and Disney is just forcing the other to up their game, and so now now it's Disney's serve with with Pandora. How is Universal going to respond? There's no question they're going to. There's no question they're already p- uh, preparing yeah, and we, for and their response. Know. The question is, what is it going to be? Yeah, we, we know Super Nintendo World's coming. That's not a surprise they've said it is. But the question is, how long is it actually going to take to put in place? Between uh, Pandora coming in, then having Toy Story Land open up, even though that's not going to be anything big and thrilling, but then also have Star Wars Land opening up, too. And you're talking about this in the next five years. That's um, three big punches potentially before Universal can get out Nintendo. So I don't know if they have to rush Nintendo now to start getting that in the just get it out there. But this they is going to have an impact. They are going to have to open a fourth gate. Well, a third gate. I'm sorry. I'm not going with the whole volcano base. I agree. A third gate. Third gate. <laughs> oh, they're they're really behind yeah. that. Oh, I know they are. That's yeah. you know, just Some because it's I their heard. just because it's their marketing doesn't mean it's fact. Um, you know, I look. I'll wait to see it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sorry. It's going to take a lot to for me to consider any water park, no matter how good it is, 
a third gate. But that discussion aside, um, they are going to have to announce another gate, another theme park. And they're going to have to announce something incredible. And it's going to have to open within two years of Star Wars Land. Otherwise, Disney is going to blunt or if not completely stop their momentum. So it's it's interesting to see. It's pretty, the, the, oh, go ahead. It's pretty amazing to me. I feel like for the last couple of years we've been talking about how much Disney's going to have to do something now. Disney's going to because look at what Universal's doing. They're pulling, uh, you know, market share, and the, you know, like they're. It seems like for a long time it was what's Disney going to do? What's Disney going to do? And just from the early reports from these guys, it's like it's amazing how much it seems like that has shifted back on to Universal. Like it's a like you said earlier, it's like a tennis match, like back and forth. That the whole momentum now, I feel like, is shifting towards Disney side on this. Yeah. Well, it's it's still not going. It's Pandora being a success is just going to help Universal too because you know although people are going to want time over at Walt Disney World to see Pandora, they still want their Harry Potter, and so it's just maybe more tourists will be coming to Orlando now for a mixture of Potter. Yeah, but there's and still Pandora. there's still a finite number of days. Yeah. That people are going to spend at the parks. <laughs> so it is a battle for those days. Universal has already started peeling off hardcore Disney fans for split stays. They've made a real impact with that. And we see even further than that. We see people who they do the ticket where they have the transfers and they visit Universal. And then they decide, okay, I'm going to spend two or three days at Universal. And now we have clients who say, this year is a Universal year. Yeah, I'm coming to Universal. Yep. That's where my vacation is. And then maybe next and year. And this is from an audience. I will remind everyone, seven years ago, Universal was a dirty word among Disney fans. People would say, I will never step foot on Universal property. Universal is crap. Universal is this. Universal... Nobody talking like that now. Nope. So, very interesting to see where this goes. But we got a we got a lot to cover today. So we do our second news story: Disney fireworks causing an increase in brush fires, according to the Orlando Sentinel. The Reedy Creek Fire and Rescue local president Tim Stromsnees has stated that the emergency workers have been pulling out more putting out more brush fires than usual due to the fireworks. Walt Disney World is controlled by Reedy Creek, which is the taxing district that provides governmental services to the resort. Multiple brush fires have been caused by the Star Wars Galactic Spectacular Fireworks display at Disney's Hollywood Studios. That's the only thing exciting happening with that. but Which premiered a little less than a year ago. Stromsky's Blames three major Blames three major factors on the brush fires. First, he says that the area needs more sprinklers. Second, that the area didn't clear enough land when they built the fairly new site to launch fireworks. And lastly, because Florida has been dealing with extremely dry conditions. Uh, there's been about 30 brush fires in the past two months. Schramsnees says it's, tax- <laughs> it's taxing our staff. We've been out there for hours upon hours with multiple fires going on. Uh, Orange County has already issued a temporary burn ban due to the extremely dry conditions. Um, and Strumsneys questions why Disney would still do fireworks if there is such a high fire risk in the area. Go ahead once more. Not me. <laughs> How else would you pronounce it? <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure I don't know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't I, even try it, no. 
Surprised you didn't say "God bless you" after I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we've we've been yeah. it's been dry. It's been dry. We had some rain today, but we're going to need days and days of heavy. The last number I heard was that we were more than eight inches in the deficit from normal. Yeah, we're backed up to a conservation area, and the um, on our like in the entire area, they they are sending warnings out for everything. Just you know, clean your gutters and and doing all this stuff to try to Mm. make sure any sort of like little ember. You know, it doesn't, doesn't catch. I'm just surprised from Disney's standpoint. We were always taught as cast members that safety is the number one thing. Safety, you know, it's like it's the top of the keys or whatever for what they teach you. Um, for them to not take Reedy Creek's advice that they need to clear more land where this launching site where Star Wars is seems to go totally against what they preach to the cast members. So hopefully oh, look, they- let me... Let me say something. I was in the Magic Kingdom Saturday, Saturday night. I saw something. I, and it's, people are going to like, oh, my God, stop it. But I've never seen it before. And I think it's just indicative of the problem Disney has. I saw a cast member talking to a guest, pointing with one finger. Touch the pearls. I know. Now, for the, you know, look, if somebody's not a fan, if somebody is like, okay, okay, what the hell's wrong with you? You know... We all know the two-finger point, that it's considered, in some cultures, very offensive to point with one finger. I still do it. And I do it, and I wasn't even <laughs> I a cast member. Once I heard that, oh, it's offensive to some people, I'll point with two fingers. So I do the, I do the Disney point. Um, but I'm, I'm saying that the, the attention and care for those details and those things are, are so far gone now for so long, they're never coming back. So... If these guys can't pay attention to the details that made them famous like that, certainly they're not going to pay attention to the details like you're talking about, Steve. Tell about um, your experience with the lady renting a scooter in Animal Kingdom. We went to the Animal Kingdom the other night. In Animal Kingdom, the pavement's a little uneven, so I had a scooter because we were going to be there at night. And I walked in. First of all, I waited at the wheelchair rental, and I got to the desk first of all i i should go back i said to the lady there was a long line at the wheelchair rental and i said i just want to know before i wait in line this was later in the day are there scooters left available i don't want to wait in this line to not get one i wasn't trying to butt ahead of anybody so we waited in line i'm going to guess they waited on six people and i got to the counter and the same woman i asked if scooters were available told me i had to go to the building next door that this wasn't where you did it and i thought i was a little annoyed so i walk in and there was a cast member. I won't tell you her name, but I can spell it. Uh, and I said, um, she looks at me and she goes, yeah. yeah. Not hi, not how are you? Yeah. Are you having a good day? Nothing. I walked in she goes, yeah. I said, excuse me? Yeah, what do you want? And I thought, now, I, I at first tried to chalk it up to cultural difference. Because I don't think we came, we started in the same culture, but we are now. Um... And I tried to go further and just be polite, and she was just as rude. And I'm not sure it had anything to do with her culture. It was just rude. That's a real slap, isn't it? Huh? Yeah? Mm. No. So, yeah. There's that. I think a lot of this has to do with, um, I think, more about the sprinklers. Because if you go behind the Magic Kingdom... The sprinklers are going off 24 hours a day to wet that um, uh, area back there and make sure when they do put the fireworks off, 
and nothing catches on fire. It sounds to me like they didn't put enough mm. stuff back there. To well, it's going to be like anything else. Once there is some major catastrophe as a result of this, then all of a sudden we're going to see them scrambling like crazy, pe- crazy people to try and fix it. But you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to have to happen to change the culture there to be one of being more proactive. I think they are so busy running around trying to look for ways to cut costs, save money, earn revenue, that all those details are just now. We're um, we're staying at. Uh, the cabins during the during the twentieth, and we've already got the uh, the notification that no campfires. no no, no camp. Well, they won't be hosting campfires. Um, you can't do use the grill outside the cabin with charcoal, like only propane. But that's we love to do that. I'm just hoping we get you know a bunch of storms. I also think it has get- to do with the fact that now you are looking at trying to fill so many open positions uh, at Walt Disney World. They need more now because of. Star Wars land opening and Pandora and all that, they just, they're not getting the best yeah. people out there. Okay. All right, our third news story, third and final news story. Are driverless shuttles coming to the Walt Disney World Resort? It appears that the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida is positioned to launch the highest profile commercial deployment of driverless passenger vehicles to date. Testing a, feet, testing a fleet of driverless shuttles that could cart passengers through parking lots and around its theme parks. The LA Times reported that Disney is in the late-stage negotiation with at least two manufacturers of autonomous shuttles. Uh, the reporting states that it is unclear whether a, con- a contract would go to both or just one of the companies. The LA Times also mentions that a pilot program is planned to launch later this year that will transport employees in the electric drive robot vehicles. It says that if the pilot goes well, the shuttles could begin transporting park guests as early as 2018. There's no mention of the, whether these driverless shuttles will be deployed at Disneyland in Anaheim. I don't know about you, but I used to own a Roomba, and that thing always wound up in the corner. So I'm really worried about getting in the driver's Well, I think, I, I think this technology is probably... Uh, this technology is probably a little bit more sophisticated than robots. <laughs> I think so. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the fact uh, that they're talking about the possibility of this being deployed as soon as next year. Um, kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. But Where will the rumors come from? What's hey, that? We don't have bus drivers. <laughs> yeah, really. Where, Where will, will bad the- information come from? <laughs> Where will the rumors come so. from? I think Disney, I give Disney credit for this and the monorail system, which we see being built. That is definitely being built over off of Osceola. It Park upsets Lake. the cast members when you ask if they're ready yet. Really? Just saying. All that? right. So I'm gonna I am gonna wrap up the news here just because right. I see the number of people in uh, watching us live right now uh, in chat, and I'm imagining you guys are here. Uh, coming in to see uh, what these guys have to say about Pandora. So rather than wait for the end of the show to do that as we normally would, we're going to move rapid fire to the end. And I want to go ahead and uh, turn it over to Craig and Corey, who had a chance to experience it all day Saturday and uh, get their report. So I will turn it over to you guys. Would you like to go first? How do we start? All these people are waiting, Corey. We um, do a good job. You know, I think uh, this was a last-minute thing for us. We didn't find out in, until Thursday night uh, that we were invited to this, and we got the uh, the, the itinerary on Friday evening 
uh, that this was going to be an, a whole day event. We showed up at around 7, 7.30 in the morning, and we were there until 10.30. They had the entire thing planned. It was extremely selective, which I, I'm, I'm glad they, they invited us. But I, I went into this excited, not like I'm excited to see it. You know, all this talk, all this hype about something, and then you, know, you finally get to see it. Craig, I think you were maybe hesitant? Yeah, okay. So um, going back to the, the Potter idea with all of this, um, part of what I love about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is that you look at both Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley, and you, know, you hear from the actors who are a part of those movies, and they say, standing in these, in these lands, it makes you feel like you know, we are back on the sets, but in a grander sense, because mm-hmm. you can walk in through these buildings, you can see everything in there. So my whole thoughts going into Pandora before all this was, and as I said so many times eloquently on the show, is Avatar is, to me, a, it, it's a C movie. It's a B movie. I Not in terms of how bad it is it's just it doesn't appeal to me i think it's a weak movie besides the stunning visuals that are in it that drove it to become the juggernaut that it is so that's why this land kind of lacked that interest to me i know they like before as is leading up to it they were saying oh you don't have to see the movie to be able to appreciate it I and what still, have I been telling you? What have I, I been saying since the very, very beginning? What, I, what, is, what is the exact phrase I have used on this show and to you personally for ages? About Joe Rody and James, James Cameron, Cameron together. John Thank Landau. you. Doing amazing okay. things. Not even John Landau. <laughs> okay, because John Landau was responsible for that, that, that abortion of a nighttime show at, uh, oh, at Universal. So I, I'm not even counting him in that. But Joe, Joe Rody, is that James the Cameron. Rivers of Light? The, the, no. la- the last time... No, I'm talking uh, Universal. The last time I saw Pandora was... Uh, they had flat panel TVs, but it was like the DLPs. They weren't even flat. You know, like first 3D movies that came out. That's how long it's been. That's what? 2009. When, when, I 2000, 2009. <laughs> it's okay, honey. Just, <laughs> well, so, so I had a... You know, I knew about Avatar, the movie, but I didn't watch it recently. But The I, first time know, I saw Avatar was when I watched Fern Gully. 20 years before. But, you know, so I, I think on a previous show, I said, oh, it might be good. I think Kathy was on the show. I said, you should probably watch the movie before you go. You, you don't have to. You really don't have to. I, it, it won't hurt, but you don't need to do it. It's not like Star Wars. It's not like Harry Potter. This yeah. is brand new. And, well, I'll start even before that. So um, the entire area you know we've all seen the bridge by now um that is blocked off on the way into uh right beside tiffin's and um and you know we we steve's been out there doing live broadcasts from there many times on this show and so we've all wondered what is behind this besides the floating mountains and stuff that we've seen in disney's images but as soon as you actually step foot onto this bridge you slowly hear the music start to come in and then you know they had to open up a door for us to go in there and literally the second you step foot into the land you start hearing the wildlife and you start hearing just slow melodies from music coming and then you realize and that's where it like 
clicked for me automatically. I couldn't hear anything happening nope. in Animal Kingdom as soon as we w- crossed over into this land. You were definitely it's, on a different planet. It's as if you crossed over into a complete different world, um, which, you know, that doesn't, that is very hard to do. Diagon Alley, they were able to do it at Universal, but that's because you have to cross through a wall and it's blocked and cornered off. But this, without having a wall, just with using a, a kind of a natural made berm to hide it using trees and wildlife, they, they separated it completely. And then, you know, even though you've seen the movie, you, the visuals that they created for this Valley of Moara is just it's sensory overload. Beautiful. It's, um, it's, you know, it's realistic, but it's so surreal. I mean, the it's like I stepped into like a Salvador Dali painting, and, hmm. and everything around wow, me. That's high praise is, coming from you. Oh, I'm telling you, it's you. You can't tell what a real plan is and what a fake one is. They they combine the real with the fake. They duplicated real plants right next to um, real. I mean, yeah, real and fake right next to each other. You can't even tell. So it's just it's sensory overload. It's completely. It's a piece of artwork. It's like you're you're inside a, a piece of a piece, you step into a sculpture. Yeah, and it's it's classic Disney storytelling too. Is it takes you have to start walking in through the land before it really fully opens up and just you're engulfed by it. Uh, it. It does it has that progression, but everything feels alive here. And I mean that is the idea is that everything is alive in there. Um, like Corey said, the only way you can tell the difference between a real plant and a fake one, besides obviously some of the fake ones are very yeah over the top. Yeah, <laughs> but it's that with some of the realistic ones, it's whether or not the wind's blowing because the the fake ones are obviously standing still, mm-hmm. and the real ones are interacting with that but it just i it's one of those things there's no picture or video that can truly do justice of standing in there and just being a part of it and okay i want you to i want you to listen to this folks i want you to listen to this this is from somebody who for the last however many years i've known him talk about avatar meh listen to what he's saying we we was i just i'm just i'm just saying and it's because it genuinely it has nothing to do with the movie. My thoughts have not changed on the movie. It's this is right. I mean, that's a not new my thing point. Beyond it, that's not yeah. my point. I, I I I've said, wait till you see it. Wait till you see it. Wait, you know before that- you. But you and I'm not blaming you. I'm not. I am, but not really. <laughs> you and and everybody in the fan community that has been meh 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 about uh, about Pandora. Joe Rody, James Cameron, wait. You go back and watch. Go back and watch. I don't know how many damn shows I've, I've said it on. But this is exactly what I thought would happen. I think so there I, are, I'm very, yes, I'm gloating right now. I think I'm there gloating. are three types of Disney fans. And I'm going to rub it in people's face. There's the group that, you know, I hate Avatar. This doesn't belong at Disney. I can't believe they're doing this. Disney should think of something else by themselves. And then there's the ones that, oh, I, wanna, I really want to see it. I can't wait. Something new is great. That's me. And then there's the other ones that just... You know they're Avatar fans, like they're they're you know they're peeking through, can't wait. But 
I think everybody's going to be pretty shocked. I think all three of those groups. Well, tell us about the big thing is the rides. Tell us about the rides. Okay, so um, go through it how we experienced it. The first thing they, uh, the first ride they took us to was the um, the river, the Navi Navi River Journey, Um, and it is a little calm boat ride through. Uh, a bioluminescent forest. Uh, if yeah, you're seeing if you're watching this, the seating for it. Um, that's the whole boat. And, 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 and if you don't boat. know about what Navi is, that those are the people that live on Pandora. Yeah. So you're going to hear a lot about Navi. Yeah, there's there's multiple inhabitants of this world. There is um, there's the Navi. Those are the actual ones. Then there's also avatars. Those are people who are taking the characteristics of the Navi in an avatar, and then the expats and all the people who are running it. Uh, The boat ride is, to me, in terms of a Disney attraction, I would probably say this would be a C or a D ticket style ride. This isn't the end-all, be-all thing to come here. Uh, The big thing that everyone's been talking about it is seeing the shaman. Uh, that we saw for those commercials way back uh, when this animatronic is amazing. And it's the most. It's the most. Uh, Advanced, yeah. yeah. And I, I know that in the video that you posted um, of this attraction, we've got some great video of mm-hmm. of the shaman. So, uh, and that's on the Diz uh, YouTube yeah, channel, YouTube.com/slash WDW Info. Yes, sir. What happens on the ride? Does, or is it? Are they singing and dancing? Is it no. small Navi? It, it's it's a it's like a very like. Um, it, it's like a spiritual a spiritual journey, you know. It's 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 very um, visual. Um, there's music, but you know it gets more visual as the journey goes. Yeah. With that kind of being the, you know, you see the shaman at the end. Is someone s- telling you a story like no, oh, no, no story no involved? Story. You see some of the creatures from the land. You see how the bioluminescent plants and wildlife really come to life in the the dark environment. And then, yeah, it does kind of end with the shaman and almost as if she's orchestrating this entire thing, bringing everything to life in a way. As we said, the most realistic animal uh, audio animatronic they've made. Is the shaman Sigourney Weaver? No, (laughs) No, No, honey. It is fully, completely electric. It is from Joe Rohde's mouth. It is the most sophisticated animatronic they have ever created for anything in Disney and it shows that even like the lips just curl under slightly she's so fluid it is so realistic yeah it's yeah the mo- the movement right. is what it really is hard to discern whether or not this is a person or not because the movement is so exacting and and very fluid yeah. so and uh, i mean the great thing about the navi river journey is that it's no height requirement it is family friendly for everyone i think kids will be absolutely enamored in it um there's no drop there's no, no there's, there's no drop there's none wet. of that it, it is just a you know a very relaxing visual it's, journey but it, it this is inside a lot of um, I think a lot of the artist renderings, you thought there was going to be some sort of yeah, outdoor so boat cool. ride. This is all indoor, so day or night, you still get to experience the bioluminescence. Cool. Yeah. All right, what about uh, the e-ticket attraction, um, which has the potential of becoming the the go-to attraction in Animal Kingdom, is Flight of Passage. Uh, this is, we uh, knew leading up to it, this is the attraction where you're going to get to fly on a banshee. Uh, you are going to get to take part in that flight. So um, 
we knew a little bit about we knew a little going in that it was going to be you know like similar to Soren. Um, that's about all we kind of knew going yeah, there, in. There was, there was the confusion. There was the confusion about whether or not you're actually going to ride on a banshee uh, because some leaked photos and stuff showed a banshee that was most likely still at, at Imagineering and they were testing on that. Um, but yeah, so it is basically, in my opinion, it is a mix of Soren and Star Tours together. So the... The seats that you ride on are very similar to uh, the the seating for the Tron uh, roller coaster in Shanghai Disneyland. From what I've been told, since I've never experienced that, just looking at it first, like a motorcycle, yeah, yeah, you sit on it kind of like a crotch rocket, um, and you're not just—I don't ever want to hear those words come out of your mouth. <laughs> it is, it's yeah, just a fast then, motorcycle. You know, that is his yeah, profile. You got to yeah. lean forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not, Tinder. and you're not just like sitting on it like a bike. This isn't riding an ET bicycle over at Universal. This, you get in, and then from behind you, uh, there's a kind of a back rest that swings up behind you and pins you in and then it also does that on your legs too right behind Um, your calves you are completely like conformed in this because then they also said you're gonna you're gonna feel the flapping of the wings you're gonna feel the breathing of the banshee you're gonna right between your legs like you'll feel like it's you're riding on something breathing like in your inner thighs yeah and basically so oh (laughs) <laughs> I'm telling the you. jokes that write themselves. <laughs> but you do. It's, yeah. and that's the greatest part of the ride. It's just like there's one there's one portion where it just stops and the, like the like your banshee is resting and you just hear it snarling coming from the the seat and you feel it breathing and I it's I mean I don't think it's a super difficult creation for them to come up with. It's just they took all these little techniques and they put it all together in something that really works. That being said, it's a very constructive ride. This will be yes. This will be the first attraction that I would truly say is going to be complained about, as a lot of Universal attractions are, that it is not accommodating for all people. I have a question for you guys. I watched the whole preview. The yes. whole preview for this ride is very long. Yeah. I. It seemed to me like they might have been measuring people. Like to fit this ride, it felt like they were like stand in the right spot, stand in the right spot. Like they might have been. St- I think at that point it's going to be two. There will be a, a ride vehicle outside where people can test, uh, or, you know, t- try it out. But if this thing pushes against your back, it has to it take does. into account it, different body types. Th- there was somebody in our group where I don't know if they were just having technical issues. Like I said, the soft, soft, soft preview, preview. So maybe just that one didn't work. But they were trying to push and it just wouldn't lock. So I don't know if they moved her to a different one or there was something else. Is there any uh, accommodations for people who with different abilities? Um, well, there are two levels. The first level we had to go on, we had to actually have to walk upstairs. And the other one, so if you're in a wheelchair, you can you just have to move out of your wheelchair to that. Um, so you have to be able to transfer out of the yes, wheelchair. So if that, yeah. the ride is yes. sitting on this thing, you have to be mobile enough to get out. Yeah, um, and it, it is an intense ish simulator um it's it's not a very easygoing experience but uh just because of how it's it's designed um like you feel like you know there's people beside you but you feel like you're on this experience flying on a banshee 
by yourself. It, it does not feel like you're in, in this giant room does the, sitting in front of people. Does the vehicle itself move, or is yes, there some yes. other movement involved? The vehicle is moving. There's a lot of movement. Yeah. Now, you said uh, this is this is going to be the premier attraction yeah. at Animal Kingdom. Yes. Uh, do you think it will join the ranks of premier, attra- the, uh, premier attractions across property or in Absolutely. Orlando? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things I know Rhino and I talk about this a lot on the Universal show. Um, it's 3D is one of those things that it can be done either really well or really poorly. Um, both of us prefer 3D when it is done with animated environments. Um, it just looks better. There's kind of a ghosting effect that happens with 3D with actual people um, in these attractions. And so with this, I mean, yeah, it's, it is a all CGI world. There's nothing in in this movie that's real. So the, just like Avatar the movie was designed to be seen in 3D, this this ride is the mm-hmm. some of the best 3D I've ever seen. And it's in, not in, over the top. There was a point where I took my glasses off just to kind of see how how messed up it would be. It, it it was. You need your glasses, but it wasn't too bad. Ferris doesn't wear them. I don't think he would do this ride. But you know, again, I, I have to question: How are you going to fit a child? Because I mean, where your calves are and a child's calves are seem like it's going to be world apart. There yeah. has to be something that figures out the body type. That yeah, goes I mean, well, thing. with a forty-four inch height requirement for it, I mean, it's it's that's not the the tallest for sure. Um, but you know, there's that's also going to cut out a lot of little kids on it. So, so what is the story of the ride? Is it just you're flying on a banshee, or you, does something happen? Yeah, you are joining a part of the Avatar program. So like while you're in line, yeah, while you're in line, you receive your avatar, and that's part of the pre-shows. And um, this is incredible. This is amazing. I saw yeah. this. this For is, those who yes. are listening, we have a, a picture up of uh, this is from the movie. One of the avatars in a containment uh, a containment tube. Um, floating in water. Yeah. Floating so, in water. It's really amazing. This is towards the end of the queue. Yeah. Yeah. The, the whole queue kind of tells this story of first you see like you see cave paintings of how, um, you know, how the Navi see uh, all the banshees. And then it moves into part of the uh, the RDA laboratory where they're helping to um, them and Ace. They're, they're helping to create these avatars that then you are going to be put into. And then the the banshee you ride on. That's why it's not a banshee because you are then riding on a an avatar banshee, essentially. Okay, yep. And that's where the story comes into it. But yeah, the animatronic in the queue is so creepy. The way it just like it's in the videos that we have up. It's just floating in there, but then it'll just kick its legs. Oh, right. So oh. how they produce? It's like looking at like a like a little baby. Like how a, they produce an animatronic that looks like it's floating in water. I don't know how they do it. It's unbelievable. Joe Rody. James Cameron. And the last thing I'll say about the attraction is in terms of two, like I have been very overly critical about soaring around the world because I hate the fact that if you sit on like the far right bottom, correct, it has terrible curve. They have completely eliminated that from this. We sat on the far right side the first time and then sat in the middle. So you're going to get the same experience same no matter experience. where you're sitting. Yeah, it's Absolutely. a flat screen. All right. So uh, talk to me a little bit, uh, just being mindful of time. Yeah. Talk me, talk to me a little bit about some of the food options that uh, were available. What stood out to you? 
Okay, so Satuli Canteen is the uh, dining experience that they will have in there. Um, we had a weird experience with this because, you know, they wanted us to get as much as we could to sample. So their big thing they're going to be giving here are called uh, Satuli Bowls, and it is basically a choose-your-own combination between either uh, a fish uh, beef, chicken, tofu is your protein, and then several options that you can have under it, like sweet potato, hash, uh, mixed greens, uh, kale salad, and brown rice. Just very simple stuff. And so we got to eat that all family style, kind of pick and choose combinations. Um, and everything with that, I think. It, it felt really fresh, really tasty. And, um, and I think that's what they were going with with that, that all the food here um, is gathered from Pandora. So if it wasn't gathered from Pandora, you're not going to see it. And even the first thing you see, the, the uh, a big wood-burning uh, stove, <laughs> that they, you know everything had to be natural. So all the food you're getting is cooked on this wood-burning stove. Hmm. Like yeah. all the meats. But I will talk about one thing in particular, which was very weird, um, and that is the pods that they have. So um, they gave us two different ones to sample. One was a cheeseburger pod, and the other was a uh, vegetable curry pod. Mm. And um, so they're basically in a steam bun. You know, let's ruin the magic yeah, here. Like dump um, a bun, yeah. The cheeseburger pod was literally, I, I took one bite of it and. I, I love McDonald's cheeseburgers. They are like my guilty pleasure, and it tasted exactly like that. And I called the chef over, and I just had to ask. I'm like, "This tastes like it tastes like a McDonald's cheeseburger." What? How did you do this? And they said, "Well, because you can't customize it. We just we kept messing with the ingredients to get what we thought eventually would come out tasting like the most." just the most impressive and uh, that people could least complain about. And that's how they got the flavor on it. I thought that's it was going to bar to go for. Really. I, I thought it was going to look work really weird with the steam bun, but it didn't. It was different. It was exotic. Um, I like the fact that with the bowls, you have endless fifty something combinations that you could go back and keep trying different things. And you're saying bowls, not bowls. Bowls, bowls, oh, bowls, okay. bowls. Because I wasn't sure if he was saying bowls or bowls. bowls. <laughs> I don't know English. Um, but yeah. I, Bowl has a W in it. Yeah, that's the one I'm going for. The one with the W. Um, and then we did get to sample the uh, the, two, the beers. two beers that they have there specifically brewed for um, for them by Terrapin up in Georgia. And the one was a, a green hoppy one. I believe it was the Moara Grog. Delicious. Um, just like Universal's kind of gotten into that. They... You know, they're trying to jump in that game, and I think they did a good job of it. Dessert, I will just go there real quick. Corey has nothing to say about that. He hates it. Um, they have the, the blueberry mousse, uh, which is so weird. Um, it is everything it that weird. John would hate. It is jiggly. It, like it is <laughs> gelatinous. But if you are a fan of berries, it was... It was delicious, actually. Um, and then just weird. It was one of those things I had to process it for a couple hours Slightly after. memory looking. And then yeah. the chocolate cheesecake they also had. Um, <laughs> it was, if you're a chocolate fan, rich, it's pretty tasty. So uh, I think they've actually done a very good job, very admirable job with the, the, um, the, the dining. And then just to mention the merch real quick. I was just going to say, uh, that was... Amazing! I did not. Okay, so 
just because when the Disney Parks blog released a, 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 a peek at the merch, everybody was saying, oh, it looks really boring. It doesn't look like they've done anything. So you're saying that the merch... I mean, I can't believe they created so many original items around this land. You're not going to find, like, Mickey or Minnie in here. You're not going to find any sort of Donald Duck plush or anything. This is... Yeah. This is... You're in a... You're, you're in a different land completely. You won't even get a standard Disney bag here. They are that dedicated to it being oh, a different thank land. thank you, God. That you only get a Pandora bag if you're in there. It is, it is strictly on that. Um, the go-to uh, purchase here is going to be the little puppet uh, banshees that you get. You adopt them. They, you adopt them, um, and they actually, they're like little animatronic no. banshees that, like, the girl had her it on her shoulder, and uh, we'll be showing that off very uh, soon here after the show. And, you know, they're 50 bucks, so we weren't allowed to take them home, but it will be the highest selling item that they have. It is so cool. I was looking at some of the kids' merchandise and like the uh, just the shirts they have for the women. Like there are shirts that we, you you buy these and it doesn't look like you would never know you bought this from Pandora. And even the shirt designs flow into like the the wall that they're hanging on. It, it's it's amazing the the level of detail they went into. Yes. Just Joe Rody. everything they Joe have Rody. bioluminescent uh, shirts. For at night, lots of lots of different materials that will glow while you're in the land. Um, uh, just they they really knocked it out of the park with it. A lot of this stuff does not appeal to me. I will say I that, like that the merch backpack. the merch was impressive. What do you like, Rhino? The backpack. Yeah. There's like a it's like they've skinned one of the Navi alive and have turned it into. <laughs> <a backpack. laughs> They're making wallets out of the Navi. Yeah. I, I, it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> I, I think they're I think they're good. And then they do have a um, like they did for Star Wars weekends way back when, when you could be made into a stormtrooper, a little model of yourself. They do have an avatar version of this where they will do the facial mm. scan of you. Oh my god, and that's you get so cool. to be turned into a little avatar figure that you can take home. Um, and that will also be very, very popular. Like, I cannot sure. wait. And I, I cannot wait that was, to see this. It was under $100. I don't remember the exact price of it, but it, was, it wasn't completely unaffordable. So um, I think a lot of people will be impressed with it. And if they're not, the last thing to obviously talk about is nighttime in Pandora, which we got to see just the smallest of glimpses at. Um, they wouldn't allow it. We, they were they were not complete, so any, we could not um, shoot towards the the mountains. Yeah. So everything everything you see is completely limited. That's yeah. what they. Uh, but, but this is what the area looks like at night. It's yeah. all lit up like yes. this. Yeah, they they did deliver on what they said. The, like I mentioned at the start of this, everything felt living. Um, the pathways felt living as they were glowing under your feet. The plant life would. It was almost like the lights would be pulsing on them. All right, so here's so the way, here's the uh, question. Here's the question I have. The main criticism of that I have had about this is the extraordinary amount of time it has taken for them to build this. I can answer that. Every square inch of this land is hand painted and hand sculpted. Yes. Every single, every square inch was hand painted and hand sculpted. You go into the queue when you see you see things that are woven. These are all hand woven. You go into the the canteen. You look around. You see all those decorations. That's all handmade. 
I can see the, the level of detail. I have, I've always respected Joe Rody. <clears throat> I have an entire new respect for him now. The, the amount of, of detail that he, they, the team, put into it. He won't take responsibility for anything. Like, as far as, like, you praise him, he's like, no, it wasn't me. But it, it has. And I tried. It has Joe Rody all over it. I, I actually wanted to go up to Joe Rody and say, you know what, Joe? This, I, I still see Camp Mini Mickey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. you would have throttled you right there. I'm gonna take that earring out and stamp you with it. it. It's not only that. What Joe and his team tried to do is they saw Avatar for what it was, and they saw the themes, the ideals, what what was at the basis of it. Um, that's why this is in Animal Kingdom and not in Disney's Hollywood Studios, immersing you into the movie. They they saw the the themes of conservation and and a balance of life and the tree hugging hippies yeah exactly and they found this and that's why they placed it there and i think i i bet there was a lot of back and forth between the two of them wanting to to, for joe to take and explore this brand new route with it and so i'm sure that's where a lot of the development took place is convincing james cameron to let let it go that way but uh you know didn't get a confirmation on that but he he really said over and over again you know this was was cameron there he was not just john landau and joe rody i spoke to joe rody i interviewed him real quick and then i probably spent what 15 minutes just asking him question after question after question at night in there and you know they they were both willing to talk about anything from it and you ask um, joe one question he just goes off because he's so passionate about this and i want to say this talking about the conservation is that when you walk through this land you might see things that look like they don't fit you might see like an oil container or you might see rust on the concrete that that was put there to kind of show how humans can really mess up something so beautiful well the timeline is that this is after the movie and that the uh company has moved out and sort of there's yeah. things left over right. from the company yeah like 20 years afterwards rda yeah. is gone ace is in there with everything um yeah just long story short they they knocked it out of a park they took a movie that, that was very popular kind of just forgot about the fact that it was a movie said it can be something bigger it can be this land that doesn't require if the movie goes away and everyone forgets it this will still live on so, does Disney have a massive hit on their hands with this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of hesitation there. No. 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 If, we, it, there was a lot of wow factors. that They were trying to, you know, we were moving in a, in a small group and moving pretty fast. And you were like, there was so much to absorb and take in. And even walk, coming out of the ride, you, just, you can just look at everybody's faces. They were like, enough to uh, Enough to turn around the naysayers? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, anyone who walks out of this saying, meh, it it was just okay. It, either they 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 only strictly care about thrills and doing attraction stuff like that. They and you know Disney. That's what that's what Disney and Universal is trying to do is separate it from just being about ride after ride after ride after gift shop after gift shop right. and make it this bigger experience that you can only get in theme parks. And this is exactly what Disney did. They. They made this an experience that if you don't go on any of the attractions, if you just let the world envelop you, it's the, the one thing. The one thing I will say that we were able to experience this with no crowds. So I don't know how this land will hold a crowd. That's that. 
Well, I mean, we'll have an official review of it after it actually opens. This is a a sneak peek of it, but um, you said enough to get me excited. Um, But I'm I'm really looking looking forward to this. I want to add one one thing. Um, It's going to be crowded, no matter what. If you're a fan or you're not a fan, people are going to want to see it. If you're staying at a Disney resort, May 27th through July 4th, there's going to be extra magic hours at night. For Pandora, World of Avatar, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. to July 4th? To July 4th. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So all time. summer, you're going to be able to see it at night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. If you're a Disney Resort guest, good perk. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for that. Um, appreciate uh, the great job you both did. Uh, and I want to say thank you to Jackie Gailey, too, uh, who was covering this weekend on the content team. And, and Will, who helped her. And Will Perry. Uh, the two of them... Uh, we're getting this content up on the site at a breakneck pace. They did an amazing job. Everybody did. I was really, really proud of you guys. I was watching the the communication going back and forth. It was like, God, I can't believe this is my site running like this. This is so cool. Um, so it was awesome. So thank you very much for that. With that, we're going to go ahead and do rapid fire now before we wrap up the show. And I will throw it over to you, John, for yours. All right. Uh, my rapid fire is something unheard of. There's a discount at Alani over the summer. Uh, two offers booked by October 24th, 2017. The first offer is save up to 30% on stays five or more select consecutive nights, August 20th through December, through December 21st. This is incredible. Yeah. I mean, just incredible. Um, obviously, it excludes uh, Thanksgiving. The second offer is save up to 25% on four consecutive nights. Uh, if you book the offer before June 19th, you'll also receive $150 resort credit. So don't know what the deal is. Don't know why they need to push this offer, but huge, huge savings at Alani. Please take advantage of it. Book with Dreams Unlimited Travel, and we give you a gift as well. We give you the resort mugs, so that saves you a little more money too, but... Very, very impressed with this offer Great. at Alani, for sure. Thank you, John. Kevin? Uh, I just want to talk again about our March 24th through March 31st Italy sojourn trip on Viking ocean cruises. We leave out of the port near Rome. I'm going to stop trying to say it. And we end in Venice. There are still some great pricing left. The lowest pricing on the cruise right now is about $5,500 Per, for a couple, it's category DV5. I've so it's not per person. That's total for two people. That's total for two people. And I've been saying for a while that those are limited. Those are now, that category stateroom is now in single digits. There was a double digits yesterday, and I took five of them. We now have over 100 people. We have wow. 104 to be exact. So if you want to go see, excuse me, my eye itches. If you want to go see Italy with 100 dizzers, this is the time to do it. Your food is included. Your drinks are included at lunch and dinner. Your shore excursions are included. It's quite a price. And while this is not going to be your typical cruise experience, there's no casino. There's there's no one under the age of 16 allowed. You have to be 16 and up to travel. I think this is going to be a more, it's more, a more port-intensive trip. And the, the cruise ship is your hotel and your dining room and... Your relaxation spot. So, uh, John, myself, Pete, Craig, Craig, Rhino. and Rhino are going. So, if you'd like to join us, 
the lower priced staterooms are starting to sell out. And Craig and Rhino have agreed to uh, pack and unpack your bags for you. <laughs> um, they'll be your personal butlers for the cruise. So uh, good for that. Please no one email me about that. <laughs> um, it's, it's available. Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel. Excellent. Thank you, Kevin. Craig. Okay, so mine is a little insane, but uh, for people who follow Dwayne The Rock Johnson on Instagram, you may have saw uh, over the weekend, past couple days, that apparently um, he will be partnering with Imagineers to help re-engineer and redesign, according to his words, the Jungle Cruise in all Disney theme parks Yeah, I don't know if I'm okay with this. I don't know if I'm okay with this. I Look, I love him. I love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think he's great. Uh, what business does he have messing around with one of Walt's attractions? And that's that's the question. I do, he does not go into experience on what it would have been. I mean, are we talking? Are we talking? There's going to be Dwayne Johnsons throughout the jungle, like everyone expected Eddie Murphy to be placed in the haunted mansion after Jack Sparrow, okay, yeah. or is it just going to be a new twist? <laughs> on it because it's probably going to be an action adventure movie the elephants will have biceps like who knows but uh the thing that i hate about it even more because i love the jungle cruise i don't want it to screw up the jingle cruise when it that comes around every christmas because i love that overlay but well we'll see what happens we'll see what happens (laughs) all right thank you craig Corey. all right there's a temporary meet and greet with mr incredible in tomorrowland now until may 18th there i'm done Corey is the <laughs> Corey is the personification of Mr. Incredible. Yeah. All right, next. <laughs> All right, thank you, Corey. Rhino. Um, so mine is there are new in-room um, gifting uh, celebration packages available at Disney World. Um, some of them sound kind of cool. There's a guest. Uh, Guests can now participate in the Rebel Adventure by including the Star Wars Rebels Adventure in-room gifting experience with their uh, uh, vacation package. This interactive role-playing mission will start in your resort hotel room and continue into Hollywood Studios um, through an augmented reality feature with the Star Wars app on your smartphone. Um, you can interact with like characters from the show. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then there's a Mickey's Birthday Surprise uh, in-room celebration, which includes like stuff like a birthday door banner, oversized birthday card from Mickey, Mickey Mouse collapsible toads. A bunch of stuff. So, kind of a cool way if you're having a coming here for a celebration and you want to surprise somebody with a little extra, a little extra something. Um, kind of neat. So, if you want to check what, out that full yeah, list, that's you can what go we should on do there. on our cruise. Rhino should role play with you. That should be our offer. Uh, well, you can bid well, for that in our 20th well, anniversary. Well, <laughs> that can go a lot of bad places. All right, thank you, Rhino, Steve. Okay, so to continue with the Avatar theme. Uh, on May 5th, the AMC Dine-In Theater at Disney Springs will be re-showing or re-releasing the 2009 film. So you can go there and watch it until it hasn't been announced when it will stop, but it's going to be in standard digital and 3D viewings to get people Oh, excited. I have to go. I have to go see that again. I, yeah. I, didn't, I never saw it in the uh, theater in 3D. saw it at home in 3D, um, but not in the theater, so I really want to see that. Yeah, mm. it looks pretty cool. Can't hurt. All right. Well, thank you for that, Steve. And that is going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. Have a great week. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Bye.